What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today's Tuesday, November 9th. Uh, we're talking LAFC. This is probably going to be the last uh, LAFC, the last Black and Gold podcast. For a couple weeks, you know, uh, the players are on vacation. I got to take a vacation. It's been long. You know, it's been it's been a tough season. It's been a roller coaster of a season. It finally ended, uh, you know. Um, but let me introduce my guests. We got two season ticket holders here. We got Katie, who's a supporter. And we also got Eric. Katie, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on the show, Katie. Uh, Eric, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. What do you got back there? What's your setup over here? Let's zoom in on your setup. What do you got back over there? You know, this is my living room. This is my, my uh, oh, see, everything's backwards in the camera. It's my scarf rack. I got my scarves. Shout out to the 42 Originals. Um, I got my Carson is not LA shirt. We made that ourselves. Um, the, the back of the shirt says Vela 316. My buddy and I, we homemade those the, for the first El Trafico. And we made like five or six and pretty much every El Trafico we bring like now 10 to 15 and we give them out to friends and uh, we got a pretty good, there's probably about 40 or 50 of those t-shirts now floating around amongst the fan base for El Trafico. I've seen them around. Yeah, All right. they're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, def- they're definitely popular and they definitely get a catch the eye of, of the uh, Galaxy fans, I can tell you that. Uh, Katie, <laughs> let me ask you, how long, how long have you been uh, a supporter uh, of LAFC? I have been a supporter since day one. Well, prior to day one, before the stadium was ever built, before there was ever any um, team put together. I joined um, out here in San Diego. I heard about it through a friend that now works for LAFC. He actually started with that um, the team back in 2016. And um, so the day one, I was there in the stands and I fell in love and have been diehard ever since. That's awesome. That's what we love to hear. Eric, how long have you been a supporter of the club? Um, pretty much. Yeah. Day one. I, I think I got in the season ticket waiting list back in 2015 and, uh, one of the earlier people on it, I was not really much of MLS fan. I'd been to like three professional soccer games. I was not uh, growing up, you know, I, I was a big NFL fan. I'm like one of those other football guys that fell in love with soccer and, uh, just got on the list. I went to the very first game, you know, I was thinking at the time, like, ah, you know, Prices aren't too bad. It's not like going to, you know, Dodgers or the Rams or anything like that. So I got in there and the atmosphere, I fell in love with it day one. And I've, I've since then I've missed three home games ever. Hey, look, that's what, that's what yeah. we like to hear. Open we cup, have- all competitions. <laughs> like I, and man, I love it. And once you, once you find a team that, and that's, that's the amazing thing about the MLS now that you said you came from uh, American football, right? The NFL to now finding, uh, your soccer team or your football club. And I think it's an amazing thing because obviously the sport is growing here in the country. It's definitely going in LA, right? We have two teams, but I, that's what we like to see. And that's, that's, for me, that was honestly part of uh, starting LA Soccer Hub and being focused on, you know, obviously both teams and, and trying to wait, trying to find a way how I could be part of this. And this is what I like. Uh, JP, you're here. How you doing, my brother? I'm good. Um, just glad I can make it, you know, old computers act up sometimes. So just glad to be here. You gotta, bro, I've been telling you, you gotta pay. You gotta pay that Wi-Fi, that Wi-Fi bill. <laughs> I gotta work a bit harder. I gotta work a bit harder. Like, you gotta, you gotta talk to the boss at LA Soccer Hub. You gotta I talk do. To I him. do. <laughs> have a business meeting. Yeah, uh, but look, guys. Obviously, look. If we're gonna be honest, it was not the type of season um, LA, anybody expected from LAFC, right? Obviously, it was way below what any of us thought. Um, 
the final game, we don't even need to talk about the game. It is what it is. Five two, right? It doesn't need to need. We don't need to address what happened in the game. The game, the game illustrate like if you could encapsulate our entire season into one game, it was the game against Colorado. Like that, you know, that's the year tied up into one game. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because right, you needed to win and you needed a bunch of other things uh, about that. So we don't really need to talk about that. Obviously, I think it is unfortunate part that they uh, LAFC missed the playoffs. But I think one thing I will say to me, it was like the first time that I saw LAFC um, not really have a fight in the game, which was I think was just that part. I think obviously that game after the couple, the two goals went in and everything like that, you really didn't see the fight. And I think I know seeing from what I saw some fans obviously on Twitter and stuff, it's unfortunate, but hopefully this is a wake up call to everybody uh, in the LAFC organization that, you know, you can't have another season like this. Um, we got to talk about Mark Anthony K. He posted the poetic justice, which is kind of funny. Uh, interesting. I think he's still very upset at the club. Um, you know, uh, JP, I'm going to ask you, what, what were your thoughts about that? Because I, I know, he, look, to be fair, uh, Mark Anthony K did get a lot of flack from uh, LAFC fans. Um, but I think this is his way to, whether he's mad at the organizations, but he, he's he's fighting with LAFC fans, which I, I just don't think that's, that's a smart thing to do. I think he's part of the bad po- poetry, you know, that plagued LAFC season. Um, I mean, he cost us two games, and two games would have put us in the playoffs. So I don't really understand who he's really trying to get at, if it's the fans or the front office. But, you know, at least personally, I just clamored for him to not play 90 minutes. I just didn't think he was a 90-minute guy, and he still isn't a 90-minute guy. You know, in Colorado, they take him out at the 70th, and then he doesn't cause those late-game late, late game mistakes. Um, so ultimately, you know, he's part of the bad, you know, the bad poetry that played LAFC season. You know, he was here for the majority of it. Um, so I don't know if he doesn't, you know, he's, he's not innocent of, of, of this um, so I think it was, you know, just a bit unprofessional and, and just not necessary because he he cost us points. So he technically, you know, in a way affected us and putting put us in this position at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was pretty classless, honestly. Like, look at Mark Anthony K. free transfer to Louisville from Toronto 2, you know. Toronto 2, they saw nothing in him worth keeping. They let him go to Louisville for free transfer. We find him, you know, we pick him up from USL, you know, really, really, he does a great job. I mean, we're, my very first jersey was either Simon or K, and Simon put in the kick. Otherwise, K was my first, like, favorite player who mm-hmm. I thought was a grinder guy. So mm-hmm. I'm coming at this from a guy who was a huge K fan, you know. Yep. And so, you know, he comes up. Somebody from our organization sees something in him. They develop him. He turns into a great player, you know. He, he was never a superstar for us, but when he, when he was gone, we really, really missed him, you know. But his soccer career was built on somebody from our organization finding him and bringing him up, you know. And then and then kind of to leave, to have that and kind of throw that at it to, is, is kind of classless, you know. Like, business is business. Everybody should recognize that in sports and, and you know, and that's – you know, I think it was unnecessary. And what has he done at Colorado? One goal, one assist. That's it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the stats, but I think you hit on a lot of great points there. Uh, of um, he built his, his career with that, with that And I, I look, I also know, I know Mark Anthony K to the best. I could potentially know him and got to know him in those uh, you know, four years. He did work his butt off. You know, he did work his butt off. And I think it was definitely something that, you know, he benefited off of LAFC. LAFC definitely benefited of him. But I think to me, um, 
what whatever happened with the front office not to say goodbye i think that's what potentially upset a lot a lot of the fans regardless of his turnovers or anything uh yeah you you know i mean at the end of the day a million garber bucks is is a really great value for him and you know 2018 i blamed us losing real salt lake on k breaking his ankle in the galaxy and our kind of poor stretch through the end and then he pulled his hamstring playing for canada and that really cost us that you know into 2019 losing him as well so i mean he was a crucial player but 2020 he wasn't the player that he wasn't as crucial to our team as he used to be, and, and you know, and less so. So, you know, it was all how it was. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, Katie, uh, quickly, was, what, what are your I thoughts? I was just going to say, you know, 2021, everything fell to shit. Sorry to say, but um, Kay was no different. Um, he did a great job for the first couple of years. I was very happy to have him on the team. I think everyone was happy to have him on the team. He uh, provided the height we needed in the midfield that, you know, we lack now, except with fall coming up. Um, I, he did a great job and I think him leaving and how the fans treated him was a darn shame. Um, I know people are mad, but again, you just said it is business and, um, he's a soccer player and, you know, he's going to move on and that's fine. Let, let's let him move on and just leave him alone at this point. I think he, their team deserved to win. And if he wanted to do a little middle finger to us, that's fine. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know, it's no, just, that's- it's, we got something from him we needed, and now he went to a, a team that hopefully will pay him what he wants and yeah. Um, move on. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think for, for Kay, it is it, whether initially it didn't look like a, a better situation, it's turned out to be a great situation for Kay. Um, obviously, the number one team in the West, things have been working out for him. Um, I, I'm just surprised he still tries to jab at LAFC. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just surprised at that because. You're move. You're doing better than them. You know what I'm saying? No, no yeah. need. That's just my thoughts. But um, nevertheless, um, obviously, you know, he's moved on. LFC's move on. What, what happens on social media? It's social media. It's not a real thing. Um, let, let's talk about Carlos Vela. Um, because Carlos Vela, obviously, he came. Well, he came in the 31st minute, 30th minute of the game. It was kind of odd. These uh first half subs. I mean, I, to me too. I'd be honest. If you come in the 30th minute of the game, play him the whole game. That's just my thought. Um, and also makes me wonder why he didn't play the second half of the Vancouver game. Uh, if he could have played, you know, almost 60 minutes or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, J- JP, what, what are your thoughts on Carlos Vela? We don't need to talk about the last game, but what are your thoughts on Carlos Vela? Cause he said he want he likes to come back, but uh, I'm paraphrasing here. He said it has to be mutual, right? So that, uh, I'm assuming that the, the, org- the organization, the front office is, is still contemplating, um, that decision. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Carlos Vela this off season? Yeah, I mean, he says that, but then he also says, um, I, I want to win an MLS Cup with LAFC. So um, everything just, you know, the majority of his statements, you know, imply that he's staying. Uh, I think he's going to stay. I don't see him going anywhere other than Australia. I don't think he would play anywhere else in, in the MLS. Um, he's going to stay. Uh, it's just it's just that that simple. I mean, you know, he's, he's trying to recruit Griezmann. He's not going to recruit Griezmann to not play with Griezmann here. Um, you know, he's not going to say, come Griezmann and I'll leave, you know, he's trying to be buddies with him, have another friend here in LA, um, you know, have, yeah, you know, have another family for his kids to play with and everything. So he's staying. Um, it's just, is he going to be healthy the next season? Um, you know, how many games is he going to miss because he's injury prone and he's older? What's the impact going to be? Because we didn't see any impact this season, you know? So it's a whole season where he wasn't as impactful as his, as his MVP season or as, you know, the COVID year, which, you know, always has an asterisk with everybody. So what Carlos Vela are we going to get? Because he's most likely going to stay. Um, 
the fans, you know, obviously love him. You know, I, I was there when, when he went in the first time. The pop was great. So there, there isn't, you know, animosity from the from the fans' point of view. It's just the fans are just also questioning what car, what type of Carlos Vela are we going to get next season? Yeah, fair, fair, fair enough point. I think, um, you know, hearing these things, because, you know, in the beginning of the summer, we don't know exactly where he stands. I know a lot of people question his commitment and everything. Um, regardless of what the little rift that happened in the summer, I, I, I think he's still a great player, but I'm with you. I think the health is is the risk. Um, and easy is he, we know that the, the whatever, what the six point, whatever he's getting paid is doesn't necessarily go affect the, the salary. But uh, I know a lot of fans um, have an issue about how much he's getting paid and all these different things. Um, Eric, what, what are your thoughts on Carlos Vela? Would you like to, would you like to have Carlos Vela back? I think the team is going to be a better team with somebody other than Carlos Vela on the squad. And uh, one is because of the DP rules. You know, there's the U22 DP rule, which I think we really have to use to be competitive, whether that's going to be Rossi, who's on a loan and technically not an open slot, Rodriguez, who I think we need to keep, or Vela. You know, Vela's injury history the last couple of years, it's, it's not – it's not a safe bet to say he's going to be healthy next year. We should roll the dice with him. You know, um, you know, the, the other, the other side of it is Vela is a huge draw to the stadium, you know, which is kind of the, the paradox of MLS, you know, Vela brings a lot of people to stands. You guys saw it the last games when he came out, everybody went crazy. When Vela shows up to play more people are in the stands than were in there otherwise, you know, but you know, if Vela, is injured 50% of next season, you know, what does that do to the, to the club? You know, one of the big problems that a lot of people talked about is we had a lot of games with zero or only one DP in it, you know? So, you know, is that, is that where we want to go, go with that? You know, and on top of it, you know, number one, I feel the U22, we need to get rid of a DP, fill it with three young DPs and then backfill it with some, some different veterans, but it's off subject. Yeah, I think you can still have the 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 U twenty two DPS. You can still have that with the three DPS because Galaxy have done it this season. So that that doesn't necessarily affect. Um, even even if they use the the three uh, the U twenty two DPS, they can still have the three DPS. I know we're getting too technical and stuff, but yeah, I, I, yeah, just wanted, yeah. I just wanted I just because that's a great statement. But you can still use the three DPS. Um, but you make you make a great you can make a great point though. Uh, you don't want to have Carlos Velas fifty percent of the season because look at this season. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's like which DPs are going to be available. And obviously we finished the season without um, uh, obviously Diego Rossi because he's on loan. Right. So essentially you only had two DPs um, for the season. But if you want to be competitive, you definitely want to have those three DPs. Um, Katie, what, what are your thoughts? How, how do you how do you feel about Carlos Vela? I have gone back and forth um, with the Vela conversation in my head. When I heard he might leave, when he said that at the All-Star game, I kind of interpreted that way. I was like, oh, my God, no way. He cannot leave. We need him because he's been, you know, he's been the glue. He's been everything for our team for the first two years. But you go into 2020 and you go into 2021 and you got him 30 percent at the time. And then once he does go back, oh, my God, is he going to get hurt this game again? And is he actually in the mindset that he's actually going to play 100 percent? I need every player on that field to be putting in their 100%. Otherwise, I don't really want them on the field. And so if we have a glass DP like Vela, that's concerning to me because it does fill that huge spot. Who's going to come in and take that, like fill those shoes? I'm not sure. I don't think Griezmann's going to come. Um, who who could pay two of their salaries, number one? Um, but, you know, I just – I do worry about that, although – I have a love for Vela because I do think he's the most talented in the MLS when he's when he is healthy. 
He's glorious to watch on the field when he's healthy. So I do hope if, if he does come back, great. I don't, I hope it's not for a long contract. Um, and let's go from there. I think he is coming back though. That's what I feel I'm getting from everybody. Yeah. And the, the one thing to say too, is it's a club option. So it'd only be, it would only be one year. So unless they agree, unless they agree uh, to, to, to more uh, terms, but it would only be one year. And then you could see, you can see what happens with the one year. Uh, with Vela. Um, but yeah, look, t- to me, the biggest thing is obviously his health and also not not just his health, but mentally if he's there. Like does, he's talked about it earlier this year, right? That he wanted to win the MLS Cup. But then when he started getting injured and stuff like that, when he wasn't talking about LAFC or, you know, the post of his wife uh, at Malibu and all these different things, I think that is the concerning part for me because um, – you want your superstar, no matter whatever the injury or whatever, to still be about the team. You don't need to be at every game, but you know, El Trafico, I think, is an important game. Other different, all the there's certain games that your face needs to be shown around there and needs to be committed to the team. And you need to. I know you're not that big on social media, but hey, if we saw what Brian Rodriguez wow. did this year, right? We're going to talk about Brian Rodriguez. You show when he first came back from there, we weren't sure about him. Now we know he's committed to the team. He's doing everything. He's posting about the team. I think Carlos Vela could have done that this season, regardless of what happened with him in the in the front office and the little rift that we assume is, it happened there. But I think you you need to have a committed Carlos Vela if you're gonna if you're gonna have him back next year because a committed Carlos Vela obviously the health is is a, is a concern. Um, and it it'll be one more year, so it, it's a. It's a tricky thing, but I think one more year wouldn't be bad. But if he does, if he's not committed and he acts the same way he did this year, then I think then I think it it, it wouldn't be a good thing for LAFC. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Katie. Go. You okay. go. I just was gonna say the couple times that I've seen him on the field with Chicho, and I mean this is a different part of the conversation, but he, Chicho's amazing, and I love him, and I'm so glad. Thank God he came to our team. But when I've seen him with Vela, you think, oh my God, I'm gonna witness something amazing. I feel like Chicho kind of like goes to the background and doesn't, he's not himself anymore. He's not that, that dynamic player that's going to be putting in the balls in left and right in the back of the goal. And they, they defer to Vela and that kind of scares me with the the season coming up. I maybe during the off season, they'll work together and learn how to work off of each other and make that magic. But so far I hadn't seen it. And that does concern me for the year ahead. Yeah. Great, great point on that because you haven't seen the, they are, and also, they haven't had the, the amount of games that I think you would want to see, but that 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 is a concerning point, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mine was a completely different direction. It was just, you know, to me, I think one of the the biggest things LAFC is known for now is how passionate its fans are. You know, when hmm. people talk about LAFC, well, the first thing comes up is the fans and the passion they have. You know, so we have all this passion in the stands and a lot of these games, you don't see the same passion on the pitch with the players. And I think that's a mismatch right now. And I think that's something that on the field needs to be brought into closer alignment with the fans. We have a team that really wants it like the fans do, you know I mean? They're all professionals, but for example, it's Trafico, you know, I remember seeing a player have a quote that, you know, we're getting ready for it. Like it's just another game, you know, and for us, it's not just another game. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. That, and that's 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 what I think I, I was referring to as well as the commitment, right? You want your superstar, if it, obviously Vela, to be committed and be, you know, I got the team on my back. But I think we saw a little bit of Carlos Vela when the team wasn't doing good. Um, you know, be 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 able to be that leader. Maybe Chicho, we we seen Chicho, uh, you know, be that leader when when, when Vela wasn't there. So 
I'm very interested to see if that does happen uh, next season. You know, Chicho, Brian Rodriguez, that, that pairing up there, um, and see what we can do, what what, what, what LAFC can do up there. Uh, Andy in the chat says, sign Gio and JP, let them play a few games with, with Vegas and see if they're ready. Oh, <laughs> uh, Andy, man, my brother. He's, he's, I'm he's ready. Crazy. I'm ready. He's seen me. He's seen what? me play. Which one of you guys is beating out Cal Jennings for the <laughs> oh, that's spot? That's a spot. Look, I just look, I don't you don't need to talk my my career's been over, man. I don't I don't talk about my career's been it was over in college, yeah. So I, I don't need to talk about it. It brings back, it brings back sad memories every now and then. But like anytime I could I could play against JP and Andy and they can see me they can see me play and I can play against them and I can beat these guys. That look, that's that's all I need. <laughs> um but look, let's talk about uh uh, Jamal Blackburn. Uh, we got to go down the list. Uh, obviously, I think what I, I don't know how many games he played. Six, seven. I don't. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't got like the eight, stats in yeah. front of me. Eight. Okay. Um, Jamal Blackburn came in uh, for Tomas Romero, uh, third, third, third or fourth goalkeeper this year. If you if you include um, what's his name? Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez. <laughs> Kenneth Ramirez. See, so many goalkeepers. I, I'm losing track. <laughs> you know, so uh, four goalkeepers in a year. So. Uh, That's the next take, trivia question. Yeah, LAFC yeah, yeah. had more goalkeepers than Blessing has played positions. Like yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, <laughs> JB, let me ask you: Did you see enough from uh, Jamal Blackman this year to to want to invest? Because it was only a six month uh, trial or whatever with him. But did you see enough for for you personally to want to bring him back next year? Thank you, but no, thank you. Um, it just wasn't enough. Um, you know, we have Celso on, on the voices and, and, you know, his stats back up Jamal um, way more than Romero and, and Pablo. But it's just more of an attitude thing if you're the goalie, um, especially if you're coming from Europe and, you know, you, you trained with Peter Cech at Chelsea and all these great other great goalies and, you know, this great school of goalkeeping. And then you come over here and you just don't seem confident in goal and don't own it. You know, don't really yell at this back line to, 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 you know, cover, to pinch in, to do whatever they need to do. Uh, you know, you're the first voice of the backbone of the team. And, you know, I just never saw him be confident and, and you know, own that own that spot. You know, I saw more confidence in Tomas, who was getting scored on left and right, you know, from, from how shaky the, the defense was during that part of the season. But he still wanted to own it. And he still, you know, instructed Mario, instructed Fall, you know, what to do. So to me, Jamal just didn't do enough. Um, I think we saw enough games of, of his. You know, he had a El Trafico. He had easy games. He had, you know, Seattle. He had these, these, these you know, heavy-duty games, and it just wasn't enough for me. Um, I just don't think he's, he's worth it. Um, I'd just rather keep, keep Romero and, and help him grow uh, or just bring somebody else. Um, but Pablo, I think, is leaving, and just Jamal just isn't, isn't it, it for me. Yeah, and another thing with Jamal, if you do keep him, you're going to have to use a target allocation on money. So you're not the you, he will be a tam player. Um, Eric, what are, your, what are your thoughts on Jamal Blackman? Do you would you want to keep him for next season? No, I mean you know I I like to pay a lot of attention to the roster rules, and I'm just kind of a nerd like that, and the salary cap and the building of the team, and you know he's. He's too expensive, and he takes up an international slot. And those international slots are going for like 500K right now. So just mm. all of that. He doesn't look like he's an upgrade from Romero if he's an upgrade. Romero, I believe, is on the supplemental. So he's a zero hit to the cap. And he's 20 years old. So, you know, you have a 27-year-old versus a 20-year-old that are kind of about the same. Like, with, you know, it seems like you roll with the younger one because they're going to have a higher ceiling. Yeah, you could roll with the younger one. You could also – 
again bring in another goalkeeper which be which uh, probably looks like the case for uh lafc which is unfortunate but i look i, I did like romero um the black men i think you saw at least i saw the, the rapids game it was it was questionable some of the some of the the goals that you got scored on um katie what are, what are your thoughts on jamal blackman um i think that he's gonna be replaced um i think that he would you know i think he came in he tried um he like like jp said he's not vocal enough to it doesn't seem like to me he sketches me out watching him play a lot of the time um he's not grabbing for the ball and holding it and he's punching it out and letting it loose and right back where it came from so you know to me those are very scary he also comes out a lot and um that can be real sketchy too with your defenders um so i just I don't know that he's the right fit for us. Um, I think Romero is a good start, but I don't think he's ready to be our savior goalkeeper that we've been searching for for the past four years and we haven't found yet. They're going to have to keep searching. They need to find someone that's going to lead that um, back squad back there. Yeah, to me, uh, you know, look, and if we're going to be honest too, to, to uh, Romero, like you said, he's not he's not going to you know going to be the golden savior. But I think to me the bigger question is the the person decide making the decisions on the goalkeeper, whether it's Bob or it's front office. We'll talk about that. But it's uh, four years, and I haven't had a, a, a consistent goalkeeping, and I don't know why it's so head scratching um, to find a goalkeeper. I don't know why, because I think in the U.S., you know what, what the U.S. is known for, at least what I growing up playing was defenders and goalkeepers. Right? You you could find that you can find that here. You can find that in the MLS. Um, but yeah, I think to me it's it's very head scratching that they can't find a goalkeeper, a consistent goalkeeper. Um, you know, you still got you got to keep playing musical chairs with that goalkeeping uh, position. And I think to me, uh, it's not a recipe for success. You you keep switching goalkeeper every every three months or whatever whatever was the case. Um, so we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Hey, Gio, Go ahead. you know, yep. this is something where your soccer mo- knowledge might might be more than mine. But you know, again. NFL, for example, you like you have your kicking coaches and your special team coaches. You know what? What's the LAFC goalkeeper coach position like? Because we seem to be going through guys. There's no real solidity. You know, like is is part of it just kind of the administration on the team? Like they're not working with the guy, right? Like, what do you think about it? Well, I, I think uh, to me, if I had a guess, which uh, I would, I would say it's it's coming from up from up above. Um, they, whether they did not like Pablo, whether they not, they did not like Tomas Romero, um, whether it's above Bob Rally or whether it's Bob Rally making the decisions that doesn't have to do anything with the goalkeeping coach. In my opinion, that has to do from the people above. They may have not liked Pablo, what he was doing or whatever. And, you know, they switched to Romero and then Romero played what 18 games. I mean, I forgot how many games he played. Um, and they didn't like that and they wanted to switch. But to me, those decisions weren't make weren't from the coaching or what the players were doing. It was more from the people above, whether it's Bob Bradley or the front office, or like, hey, we need to switch because when they made the switch to Jamal Blackman, it, obviously, look, I know Romero is not, you know, uh, he's solid for a twenty-year-old keeper, but he got scored on. I'm gonna be honest, right? He got yeah. scored on. He was not. He wasn't. He wasn't saving. But to me, it wasn't go get a goalkeeper to me is like go get some center backs go get some defenders you know what i'm saying go go get something you know go go get something uh go get some defenders to limit that right um and that that to me w- was the head scratching part of of the goalkeeping thing because I, I felt like you didn't have to go and use an international spot for six months to figure that out. you could have done that at the start of the season you are you 
you made a mistake with Kenneth Vermeer. That didn't work out, right? You spent he was you're paying him nine hundred thousand, almost a million dollars, uh, to be this goalkeeping thing, uh, you know, goalkeeper, but it didn't work out. So I feel like the person making the decisions of the goalkeeping is uh is is not. Uh, is head scratching a lot. That's what it is. It's like they're, they're not confident and any goalkeeper makes a certain, I think you goalkeepers are like quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback, right. In the NFL to use an NFL term. If you have two starting goalkeepers, you don't have one starting goalkeeper. And LAFC had this year had three starting goalkeepers, which means they had none. And that, and that I'm telling you, I've walked. Um, I remember one time I was walking, I was at the start of the season. I was walking past uh, Pablo Cisnegas. I haven't shared the story. I walked Pablo Cisnegas, uh, and, and I, I was looking at it. I was like, hey, Pablo, like, you know, you've been doing good. You know what I'm saying? I was just, this is the third season before even Tomas Romero was a thing. It was between him and Kenneth Amir. I was like, man, I, I was like, I think you can take that number one spot. You know, something along the lines like that. He's like, hey, man, thanks. But I, I could also tell that he didn't really feel confident, um, whether it was not confident himself, but confident within the organization. Goalkeepers real feel that you know they know when when a team with the own with the ownership or the, the head coach doesn't really have that confidence in them and i could tell that on um, pablo because you know what happened with tyler miller what happened with kendall vermeer and what happened this year with uh tomas Romero. and that's not me to me say the pablo segas was the number one guy this whole team this whole thing no that's to me is like the person or the, the people making these decisions don't have the confidence in their goalkeepers and their goalkeepers are going to feel that they don't have that confidence in you you know, and that's that's the that's that's the thing. It's like the, they, if you don't have a confidence in your goalkeeper or anything like that, they're gonna feel that, and you keep switching them, playing like musical chairs. They're never gonna gain that confidence, you know. Yeah. Um, and they Pablo never got an opportunity to play the whole season. Tomas Romero didn't get an opportunity to play the whole season. Kenneth Vermeer didn't get an opportunity. Granted, those aren't um, those are those haven't worked out for LAFC, but you gotta let someone play the whole season. A barring injury and I, and I think they they haven't done that and I think that's that's where uh it's been one of the Achilles serials uh for LA for LAFC th- this um this, these four, whole four years um next thing I want to talk about I want to ask you guys I know I know this may either this may make you guys happy and this may I know you guys um big news <laughs> came out know. today but big, big news today um I, I don't know if you guys saw the news it was all over social media we shared it on LA Soccer Hub let me pull it up um, you is guys, are, yeah, there's there's new sneakers. We got some oh, new boy. sneakers. Let's talk about the Samba 2.0. We're, we're gonna have really right. had to talk about it. All right. Yeah. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on the Zambas? Do you guys care? Does that Does it have to do anything to do with it, or is or this does this just uh make you upset? Um, me posting this up here. Um, it doesn't make me upset. It doesn't. Okay, Katie, do... let's go with you. Let, I'm let... sorry. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, great. I mean, it's it's I it's um, off white and it's awesome. Um, but yeah, who cares really? Fair enough. Um, JP, uh, your Eric, your thoughts? I, I like them. I think they're clean. But you know, as an LAFC fan, we got you know a little. A little parade around the around the field. We got a little light show, and then we get these <laughs> shoes as a consolation to not make playoffs. So it's like, you know, they, they they might look nice, but they don't really feel good. I, I'd rather get the off whites than yeah, than the, same. Than these. Um, the tongue doesn't do it for me. No. Makes it just look like a makes it look like a soccer a, lot, a soccer cleat, you know, which isn't. I mean, I think you could play in them, but you know, you don't. Yeah, want these to are do limited it. to dish or yeah. limited to the network app. Eric, your yeah. thoughts? 
Yeah, so, you know, the first Sambas they brought out, like the golden black ones, I really, really liked. And I even think I vented on this on Twitter today. Like, I'm still salty about it, that they were sold out in like two minutes. And then, and then you could buy them online for $300. Mm. And so I'm I'm just, at this point, I'm kind of like, ah, whatever, LAFC and Sambas, like, I, I'm emotionally exhausted with you. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm like a, I'm, I'm just jaded, whatever. You're not getting any more of my money. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of I, – I can hold a grudge sometimes. Now. <laughs> no, look, okay. Will you guys – I don't – because I don't know if you, even if you guys try, will you guys make an attempt to purchase a, the, the, the beer? I was going to say no. the, the shoes. No. I mean, wow. the off-white ones are nice. No, okay. If they have – if if they were at the store and I could just buy them, yes. If I have to sit online and start like tapping a button to get it, like no. Okay. Well, I've I've look, I've experienced that on the sneakers app. I know you're trying to get some uh, some shoes, so you don't you don't you don't have to go through that then, Eric, because it, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, trying to do that. No, I, I just I asked because it was news. Um, I think the off whites are at the store. They're at the store at the LA. I think so. I think that's what the thing is. I okay. think that's where you can get them. Well, look, I was just curious to see if you guys buy them or uh, there's bigger things at hand for LAFC, which it seems like. Um, look, uh, let's switch things off. Uh, let's talk about the, the positives, right? I know in a, tough, in a tough season, who wants to talk about the positives when you, did, when you didn't make the, the playoffs, right? No one does, but I do. We got to because we, we got to switch it up. All right. Uh, positives for me, um, this is what I wrote. Uh, Chicho Rango, Brian Rodriguez, and Mabo Dufal. Um uh, those are those are for me. I couldn't think of any anything anything else. Um, oh well, the LAC fans that that were cheering. Uh, I have to put you guys up there. So that's that's four. Uh, but obviously, talking about player wise, I may have missed and maybe maybe add Bryce Duke in there. Um, you know, Su Fuentes at the start of the year. But that to me was yeah, Su Fuentes. I, I definitely give it to Su Fuentes start of the year. Uh, that to me were the positives. And I think to me, regardless of what potentially may happen with Carlos Vela. Chicharongo has been a great leader. Uh, he's he's been a great um, asset to this team. If it wasn't for Chicho, I don't think LAFC would have even a chance to uh, a chance at the playoffs going down the stretch, which they no, which no they way. did to, to the final end. Uh, I also see comments of Moon. Yeah, Moon. I, I would add Moon too at times. A couple times, Moon Moon had he was he had some positive games. I know he struggled sometimes. I would definitely add Moon there. Um, Brian Rodriguez. I, I look. I was very critical of him um, the whole 2020 season and everything like that. But look, that man has earned my respect. Uh, he's, I think he's earned everybody's, I, I, which I'm going to be honest, he probably doesn't care what I think, but he's earned everybody's <laughs> respect from the fans. Um, and it's good to see him care. It is good to see him care about this club. Like I said, post on social media and do all those things because it shows where his mind's at, right? To me, the reason why I critiqued him so much was because he came from Uruguay. He came from – I've grown up watching all these Uruguayan players my whole life. I had a Uruguayan coach, you know, growing up back in my heyday, right? So I knew the type of type of quality player he should have been when he first came with the LAC, but he didn't do that. But now he's he's shown he's capable of doing that. I think I would still want some more goals from him, but I, I really like his commitment to the team. I really like what he's doing, and he's been able to turn – the page around with LA saying he actually cares and wants to, wants to succeed with this club. Uh, with fall, it, it's been amazing. Um, what he's been able to do, uh, you know, obviously he's scoring the goals. Um, he does have to improve a little bit more on his defensive end on certain things, but I like that. Um, but nothing about, about me, JP, what, what are some positives that you saw this season? 
No, yeah. I mean, the only one I would add would be Latif Blessing because that man always puts Latif his heart Blessing, yep. every, Latif every, Blessing. every game. But that's the problem with a, what, a 23, 35, whatever man roster, and you can only say five, five people. And, you know, Brian and Chicho played half the season. You know, it just shows, just shows you the inconsistencies this season. Um, you know, you have, ta- you have a 19-year-old center back that you, that you also found midway through the season who has to control the whole back line. You know, you can't do that in an MLS contending team. You know, Moon was great where at flashes with Vela when then Chicho came and he just couldn't find find a rhythm. They didn't play him the balls, whatever, et cetera. Guignella came in, really found himself at the six. Then tears his MCL. You know, it's not official, but you don't have a brace if you don't really have a tear. You know, um, Duke plays three great games and then Bob decides to bench him. So it's all these good flashes when half the team is good, but the other half is bad. And then the other half starts playing good. And then the other half half starts playing bad. And that's why this team just never gelled. This team just never meshed. And, you know, Birar, you know, is more, just more, more into it with himself. You know, he really had a a whole life shift, his whole life, you know, 360 shift, his attitude, everything. And you see it on the pitch, you know, him and Palacios were the only one that tried last game, the last game of the season. Him and Palacios were the only ones that, you know, showed heart and did everything. So, you know, I want Birar, you know, to, if, if, you know, Bella hypothetically doesn't stay, you build a team around B-Rod and Chicho. But, you know, Chicho played half the season and, and was already in the race for Golden Boot. Just showed his impact. Mm-hmm. You know, th- was that on JT finding him late? Could he not come in earlier? That's another thing. But, you know, if you can only highlight really five players, if anything, this season, it just shows how how bad and inconsistent we were. Fair point. Eric, what, what, what were some positives that you saw this season? Um. I mean, Mamadou Fall, definitely. He he was a guy when, when he came in and, and, you know, like, take a step back. One of the biggest positive, I think, this year is the Las Vegas Lights partnership. And I think mm. what this will allow us to do and create a pipeline for us to, again, like, every MLS team needs to have your zero cap guys that fill in the slots for your high paid guys. And I think Vegas Lights has a chance to do that. Mamadou Fall came to us via necessity because of injury. And, you know, I, I maintain that if we would have had no injuries, he would have stayed in Vegas the entire year and kept developing, you know, like he, he wasn't really ready for MLS, but he stepped up, he stepped up and really, really handled it. And the speed and the level of aggression he has is very refreshing because he plays with toughness that, a lot of our veterans don't play with. I mean, he he hits people hard. The la- that last um, was it Denver or else Vancouver. He went on an offensive run and and he just plowed a defender and he took him out. Like he saw him coming at him and he hit the defender first. And you know you just don't see that a lot of a lot of guys. So I that was one of the great things. Rodriguez obviously is another one. Um, he did. He did a 180. You guys pretty much covered all of it. The the one thing I wanted to point out that really made me say, "Wow!" is the first four games he was back. Three out of those four, he came and made a tackle on the back line. And in all of our years, I never see any of our wings come all the way back to the back line and make a tackle. You know, on an exposed wing of an exposed defender, and that that to me tells me that. I, I wanted to see them build around him next year. And I think, you know, if I was going to pick MVP next year, I think he's going to have a shot at it. And he's really going to take the league by storm next year, I think. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I do uh, see Rodriguez having a successful season next year. Uh, Katie, what, what were some of the positives you saw this season? Um, I, I, you know, I think about them in like little bursts because we had like a couple good games and then all of a sudden we'd go down again. But then we had 
that one game, I'm just going to talk about it, the SKC game, where we were missing like 14 players, okay? <laughs> and then we threw in like the kitchen sink and, you know, like uh, the hammer, right? And these little kids came on and they kicked their ass. And like, to me, that was such a bright spot. You saw these youth come in who were like, I'm going to do something this game and I'm going to work so hard and I, they killed them. And it was the most beautiful, fun thing to watch. So that was a really big, bright spot to me. You got to see the youth come in and do their thing and prove, you know what? I don't need a DP player on the field and I'm going to win um, the second place team, you know? So that was really great. Um, Rodriguez, yes, came back um, from his um, jaunt where he was and he did well. Um, I still think he's lacking a little bit of confidence um, where he he's going to hopefully shine next year. Um, and yeah, Mamadou Fall was a beauty to come out and, uh, you know, score on some headers that we need those set pieces because we weren't having someone come in and score on those set pieces. That was adorable, by the way. Yeah, that was a beautiful. Right. He, got, he's <laughs> got, he just got random hey, people uh, massa massaging uh, Eric's oh, yeah, head for yeah, those yeah. listening. This, this is my wife, Maria Claudia. Hi, hey, everybody. how you doing? Oh, nice Welcome. to meet you all. She, I was she like, a random me. hand just went. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she gives me a lot of perspectives because she, she grew up in Brazil. And so she oh, grew up watching soccer in Brazil. Nice. And she tells me the difference between Americans and Brazil and, and uh kind of the oh, passion yeah. level. She, you know, she'll be yelling at the TV, break him, break him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Brazil, yeah. I grew up with soccer, right? I grew up knowing that soccer was the only option for any kind of sport. And that's like, it's, it's only soccer. It's not, not only, not other sports. And, um, my dad is a fanatic and I was the, the male son. He did the son that he didn't have. So he would drag me to the stadium since like 10, 12 years old, you know, and it's, it's like wild. I remember when, when Eric took me out to a date on an LAFC game and he showed me the tailgating and I saw kids running and I was like, where's the police? Like where <laughs> is the tension, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. soccer games, look down and go until you get in, you know, like some, and this is so nice. I see like a, a huge industry coming along together, you know, like where you can see people like rivalry sitting, how, uh, how you can uh, talk to the players on the on the stadium right here on the stadium it's so accessible you can just like go downstairs and you see the guy over there yeah. you know yeah the bottom like of the stairs yeah. there's like there's a cone like there's not a fence there's not a wall there's not like a cage. they're not they're not no. checking things at players yes. they're not throwing like, things no. at players yeah right yeah no That's but so it's amazing i love to go in the soccer game with him and see how clean and you know innocent is still is you know i'm more yeah. of a like come on he 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 wears this shirt he cannot do that you know like some i'm kind <laughs> of a passionate but yeah that's it really nice to be here guys yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. thank, thank you for stopping by that was a, that was amazing they're like no, uh awesome. is adorable allowed to be used when we're discussing football i mean did you see yeah. how she we'll have dinner ready she next did? time too did you not see Brian Rodriguez on a donkey and holding a sheep? That was adorable. <laughs> that was that, yeah, that was that was something. That was something. All right, uh, that was amazing. I'm 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 glad uh, your wife, correct? Your wife, uh, yeah, yeah, made it on here. That's awesome. We love to see that. Um, <laughs> all right, 
Look, we got we got to talk about it. Big elephant in the room. We got to talk about it. Bob Bradley, <sighs> the front office. Um, let's talk. About, let's go with uh, obviously Bob Bradley. Um, I, obviously, a lot's been made. Uh, he, he's had this is his fourth year. Um, obviously, it didn't go the way anybody expected. I'm pretty sure he he, he didn't expect it to go this way. Um, now that the season over, obviously those decisions need to be made. That decision needs to be made. Hey, one, whether he stays or two, whether he goes, um, JP, what, what are your thoughts on Bob Bradley? I think, I mean, you, me, Andy, have had this discussion. It's going to be simple. JT is going to go up to him and say, do you want to stay or do you want to go? And if Bob thinks he, he, if Bob wants to stay, he's going to stay, you know, it, it, it can be like that, or do you know that you know, for a fact, though? Do you know? No, that I mean we're assuming. We assumed. We assumed. We you assumed. were assuming. So I, 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 assuming. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. But you know, it's. I think he's gonna stay. Um, the only thing, the only other place I see him going to is Toronto to coach his son, which potentially could be his last, you know, coaching job, or and you know, Michael's the end of his career, or you know, more or less the end of his career. So, yeah, I mean, I think he stays because if Ella stays, Bob's gonna want to stay and coach him. I think they have a good relationship, and and, and I think it's just going to be like that. Um, now, I just think that's not the right move because it doesn't change anything. You know, if you don't make playoffs, you keep the same DPs, and you keep the same coach, then, you know, nothing changed, and it doesn't really feel like there's going to be a shock in the team, and they need to wake up in some type of way. Um, so ultimately, Bob, I think, stays, but it's just not the right move, I think. Um, I think not making playoffs should have been enough to to, to have a rebuild. Uh, I mean that's that's a, that's definitely a fair point, uh, Eric. Supporter so since the start, what are, what are your thoughts on Bob Bradley? Do you want him to stay, or are you, are you ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. You know whether he's going to stay or not. You know I'm 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 pretty. It pragmatically, it's a tough call right now. I think we're going to move on from Bob. This should have already happened, and we should be doing the search. You know, they should have brought up Chirundolo to see what he could do the second half of the season to see if maybe he's the guy while they look for somebody else, you know. But, I mean, what we have – they're they're doing a quick turnaround this season, right? So they're like fe- late February is the next the opening games, right? So we're pretty much like a little over three months away. So three months to get a new coach – look for your, figure out your DP situation, build a roster, like, you know, uh, it's going to be tough. But at the same time, you know, we see this is the, you know, we get worse every year. And and what, you know, are we going to get worse next? Next year do we finish 10th or 11th? And is that what it takes? And it's like another lost season. So um, I don't have, I don't have confidence that Bob can be a different person than he's been. Uh, I don't think he can really change. I think soccer may be starting to pass him by. And, uh, you know, I, so anyways, I hope he's not here. But, you know, I, I worry that he will be. And I can think of reasons why he should be. But for me personally, I think it's the wrong move. And it's time to move on. Let's let's win that cup and find somebody who can do it. Look, fair, fair enough point. Um, Katie, what, what are your thoughts on Bob Bradley? That was heartbreaking <laughs> to think that we could be like going into 12th. And I, you know what? I don't know what Bob could have done a whole lot differently this year. And I'm just going to be honest. Like I put a lot of thought into this. Like he was given a, a patchwork quilt USL MS, uh, MLS thing. And yes, maybe some of his subs were off and, you know, maybe he should have done something else. But I don't know what another coach could have done to write this ship. Honestly, 
I don't think with all the injuries and no DPs playing and we have, you know, I just don't know that changing him is the right thing at this time. I know most people do. Um, but I think with a roster change and a roster build and some of that, I think we can see um, some good things ahead with Bob. Um, if we remove Bob, we're going to remove a lot of the coaching staff. We're going to be removing um, pretty much moving all the roster around and it will be a brand new build again, starting from zero. Um, so I, I don't know. Is that what everyone wants is starting from zero or do we want to keep, you know, eight people and rebuild the team? I don't know. What, what would you like, though? What, like you as I a mean, fan, you as a supporter, what would you like? There's no right or wrong uh, answer. Would you, would I, heard, I think that, that Bob's a great coach, and um, I don't think he's past his prime yet. Um, I, thought, I saw that he was willing to change his formations this year. I saw him making small changes and big changes when he thought things were going wrong. We watched him make subs in, like, the seventh minute one game that was outrageous because he was pissed at how people were playing that quickly. And, you know, so I see him making changes, but maybe it's not good enough for some people, and I understand that. Um, but I think with a better roster, a stronger roster, um, I think he can do a lot of good things like he did in 2018. Yeah. No, uh, look, fair enough point, and I appreciate your uh, what, what all you guys have to say. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess it's time for me to share my thoughts. Um I'm with, I'm with you on what you said. Uh, I'm with, with you on what you guys had to say. For me, um, typically in soccer, four years, uh, that that's a long time in, in soccer and football. In the football world, that's, that's a long time. You typically, you know, you're, under, you're understanding, you know, what you can do. Um, I do agree that uh, it was not – it's not all Bob's fault. Um, unfortunately, the season, the USL players, the players he was giving it to work with, um, it was not his fault. It was not. It was not his fault. Vela got injured. Janela, you know, Eduardo Twesta, you know. But to me, I guess the way I look at it, it and he's even said this, but it is on him to make it work. Um, whether he was given a bad hand or whatever this year, um, which I think he was. I, I, I definitely think he was. But I also think it was um, on him to make it work and to get out, get the best out of it. I think I remember in Atlanta. After they lost in Atlanta, um, I think he said he, he something along the lines that, um, you know, he, he couldn't – I'm just going to paraphrase here from what I remember, that he, he didn't know what else to do, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm he didn't know what else to do. And to me, that kind of shocked me to say that because I think we talked about it that week in the podcast um, that he said that, that he didn't know what else to do. And sometimes, look, sometimes it is that way. Sometimes football, it is that way. Um, but I think, to me, what I look at is um, – LFC had, had a had a disappointing year, right? The buck has to stop somewhere, right? Who, 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 right? I know I'm not looking for someone to blame, but if you keep, um, if this is acceptable, um, if this is acceptable, this which I don't think it is. I don't think anybody's looking at the season. I don't think Bob's looking at the season. I don't think any in the front office is looking at the season like, oh yeah, this is acceptable. But I think um, also, what what are you telling the fans? Because the fans are loud. Right. The fans are loud. The fans are what make uh, LAFC. Right. You got, you talked about it, Eric. Right. That what people talk about is LAFC. Um, but to me, uh, whether or not I think a drastic change has to happen, whether it's Carlos Vela moving on, whether it is potentially Bob Bradley moving on, because to me, it's who who do you held accountable? Right. Who you, you, are you going to hold? It can't. It has to be someone's fault. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it has to be someone's fault. Now, do I? I don't think it's 100% Bob Bradley's fault. I don't think it is. But someone has to uh, 
take responsibility um, for what happened this season. You can't just use a pand- pandemic this season. Unfortunately, I, I, I'm not willing to give that excuse of the pandemic this season because we've had Seattle's been in the playoffs every single year since the start, right? Since Col- the start, Colora- it, Colorado, the, they're the lowest payroll team this year, and they exactly, won the West. An- an- another you great know? point. Another great point. But to me, um, to me, I just don't think this this is a this type of season with uh, with LFC is a, 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 a acceptable. But I, I also see that LAFC certain decisions that were made this year. Um, I would not be surprised if Bob Bradley is the coach next season. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised uh, be the coach because of what ha- what things happen. Right? Whether look whether he gets another opportunity or not. To me, the most concerning thing to me right now is what you said, Eric. The season starts in February 26 or whatever. That's the start date, right? Essentially, you have half of November, what we're, or half of November, because we're November 9th, 9th, 10th, tomorrow when this episode will come out. Um, you got that. You have December, you have January, and then uh, you're going to be playing preseason games in January and February. So, whether Bob Bradley goes or stays, that should be, that should have been announced either today or by the end of this week at the latest. And if that decision is not made by the end of the week, I think the the front office is making a big mistake Um, because you got to let the fan, I know LAFC likes to keep everything in house and not let to know, but I think this decision has to be let known to the fans as soon as possible. And by the end of this week, because you only have two and a half, two and a half months. And if you want to bring in players and if you want to do this or say you move on from Bob Bradley, you got to find the coach. You got to see which players are you keeping, which players are you letting go. There's so much that goes into it. And it's a time crunch and it's the World Cup next year. You know, so to me, there's 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 so many things at hand. But I think what whatever way LAFC goes, they need to make this decision as soon as possible. And they can't be playing. And to but to me, if I'm LAFC, like I already know if I want to keep Bob Bradley or not, which is a shocking thing. Right. Like that they haven't announced it or anything like that. Like, if you know Barbara Ali's not going to be your coach, you should announce it either. T- t- it should have been announced today. Uh, typically, we see, we see, you know, Tab Ramos from Houston. Uh, as a Houston, he, he got let go um, uh, right before the season or after, uh, I think it was right before the season. But if you're keeping Bob Bradley or you're letting him go, that, that decision needs to be made yesterday, today. Maybe it'll come out tomorrow. I don't know. But I think that decision needs to be uh, uh Put out there, and if it's not, then I think uh, the LAFC organization is, is falling behind because 2022 already started yesterday for LAFC. Who are yeah, you I, mean, I was gonna say you'd have to assume that Bob knows what he's doing already next year, you know, because oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, they're just gonna stick a manager like in limbo whether he's gonna be extended or not and just have him like sweat on it. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't know how you would get you know a manager to manage their best like that, you know, and that. The, the other thing kind of kind of similar, not really related, but somewhat is like, you know, we look at the scenario where let's say Bob stays, let's say they take Carlos Vela as well. We have Rodriguez, you know, we, we're pretty much rolling in with the same team again. And what happens if we if we don't get any better with that? Like, I mean, they're, they're going to if people think I think the end of this season is toxic, like I can't imagine what <laughs> doing the same thing and getting the same result next yeah, year. That would be bad. Yeah. No, that's what that's to me. Like, I think a major accountability. Needs, yeah. That's what I'm saying. A major change needs to happen. Um, then it's on the front office though. That's when we need to start king in the front office. And then, well, this, this is, this is the first time we're all going to see how the front office moves. And, yeah. and because look, 
look anywhere else uh, other in the world the the type of season um i mean the mls is more forgiving than any other leagues and stuff like that any other league is more forgiven and that and that's okay that's fine i understand it but i think there to me there is coaches out there there's definitely look at atlanta right uh, atlanta um who else brought in a, a different coach uh vancouver did vancouver, vancouver made the playoffs it, it was like seven so, teams this year i think yeah switched mid-season yeah, so there, 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 there is talent out there. Um, now I'm not going to throw out names or anything like that, but there, there is oh, talent out there. There, 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 there's, there's, there is oppor- there's opportunities out there. Uh, I know we, I know you wrote an article about my TS Almeida and that that ruffled some feathers with fans, which is totally fine. Yes. We're, we, we're going to voice our opinion. Um, and but there is options out there. So it's not like to me, it's not like there isn't, a, a, there isn't uh, an option out there. Um, and one thing I saw, I should have pointed out, the 3252 came out with a um, Bob Out sign that was on the big screen. I saw it on the big screen, and I couldn't believe that it made it on the big screen. And I, I was I was I was in shock, and, I, and then I saw it later on Twitter. Um, but yeah, Eric I made think the big screen. Eric made the big nice. screen. Yeah, Eric's made. The oh big yeah. Screen. <laughs> Jersey? Yeah, yeah. Look. I thought you were showing us your brewery. Yeah, I thought you were showing us uh, something else, like, but okay. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, right. right. We were trying to keep it. We kind of trying to keep it. Watch, I gotta watch out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think for me, uh, I'm very interested to see how the front office handles uh, this because it's it's the first big go at it, you know. Um, or something like this. So, and I think um, I don't know if you really want to be one of the big clubs here or one of the big teams here in LA. You have to be able to make those t- tough decisions. Um, you know, whether it's letting go of your star player or whether it's moving on from your, from you know uh, one of the best coaches in MLS and US Soccer. Um, I know these aren't easy decisions, but look, you're in LA, baby. Uh, you you want to win the MLS Cup. You want to be a champion. These are the decisions you got to do. This is what you got to do. And you got to be upfront about it if you if you want to succeed. It. Fans are turning like every. I don't. I don't. I don't know if you guys noticed. I know you guys know, but like fans are very upset and yeah. all this stuff that you know that LAC didn't have a bad season or, or anything like that. To me, you know, there's only so much more that the fans are going to be able to put up with. You know, you guys are singing your hearts out and everything like that, but you can't have mediocre performance. You can't have no accountability, right? And that's just all I think. And I just think. This is a, uh, either a great opportunity for for LFC to show that, and, and to be whether it's moving on from Velo Bob Bradley, and um, you know to succeed because changes are to me changes need to happen, um, wh- whichever way they, they go. Um, and if it is you bring back Carlos Vela and Bob Bradley, I mean you you got to make it work next season. You got to make it work because if not, it's not just going to be Bob Bradley out, Carlos Vela out. It's going to be a whole list of names added to that you know hashtag. Uh, JP, what, what were you going to say? Uh, you know, JT's in the hot seat right now. He has to be working. He's not going to have sleepless nights maybe until January preseason starts. But Rossi isn't bought. Like, we don't have the, that money in the bank. You know, it's it's not a for sure thing that Fenerbahce is going to buy him, especially with, you know, the numbers that he's producing. He's not producing the way they expected. You know, Fenerbahce fans are very iffy about him. You know, they're not on the Rossi train. You know, they're they're not hyping him up. So it's very plausible that he can come back and we're going to have to find a, find a, a spot for him mm. or move, move the roster there too. We don't know what's going to happen with Atuesta if there's an offer on the table that they want to yeah. take. Other players might want to go to Europe like Cifuentes and Palacios because obviously we're assuming that's Atuesta. what they were promised. Yeah, Atuesta. And, and I don't know. Atuesta just had his kid. Maybe he wants to stay another year for family life or whatever. Um, that's possible. 
But, you know, Segura's also coming back. So a lot of things are going to have to, like, if Vela and Bob stay, fine. But JT has to move everything else around. You know, we have to build a team around the front three. You have to build a team around the front three. Because if Chicho, B-Rod, and Vela stay, that's dangerous. And nobody's going to want to play against that. But you also have to have a back line that's going to be solid. And you can't depend on USL players. That, to me, was was a bit... Raheem Edwards being the answer in the last half of the season is just a guy off waivers. You know, that's just not... It's it's not possible. Chris Ostomo, all these other players, and and Galina, who, like, started the game and then never saw him again, like, JT needs to to make better decisions and make a better roster, deep roster, with with experience. Experience MLS guys, not unexperienced USL guys. Chris in the chat says, if Bradley stays, I might have to give up my season tickets. (laughs) I, do you really feel that way, Chris? Do you really feel that way? Um, I, that, that, that's 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 uh, that's a that's a that's a fair statement. I mean, if you're a season ticket holder, the thing is, we were never able to win big games, and we still haven't been able to win big games. And I think that's the biggest problem with with Bob. Mm-hmm. Even you know how Katie, Katie Katie brought up a good point. You know, there's reasons why Bob stays because he he had half a roster, or whatever, half his team was injured. That's that's fine, and I can get that. But it's you had two all traffic leads. You had to go to Minnesota and win. You had the lead, or no? You, you didn't have the lead in Minnesota. Oh no, we did. And then you had, you know, you're playing at home against Vancouver in the must-win game, and you just can't do it. And ultimately, you have to look at the coach because if he can't muster up these guys to go all out the last 45, 15 minutes of those games, then it's on him. That's on him. You know, obviously, he can't control who's injured or not, but you know, you have to you have to deal with what you have. And he just never was able to muster these big wins. You know, we still haven't won in Carson in, in what, five years with him. You know, it, it, yeah. so that's when you look at Bob and then say, okay, we peaked with you. Thank you. And you just, ha- you just go to Toronto and we'll go look, find someone else. You know, so this, I'll, this. yeah, I'll jump on the other side of this argument as well. Cause, and uh, one thing I'd like to point out, and this is something I maybe look up about a month ago and kind of shared with our, with our little um, Voices of Black and Gold Twitter group is that I started looking at what MLS meant, who's won the cup, the MLS cup. There's been 25 of them, right? And only one out of those 25 coaches was a coach that was not an American coach or didn't primarily coach in the U.S., you know? Almost every single MLS cup winning coach is an American. The ones who are not American by nationality almost exclusively coached U.S. college, USL, and then MLS. And so Tata Martino is the say Tata only, Martino. Yeah, I was only say exception, Tata Martino. you know. And so that if we're looking at like a cup win, which is what we need, it, it's interesting to think of, you know. I, I didn't see like, you know, how many, but obviously like Bruce Arena has multiple wins. Siggy Schmidt has multiple wins. Brian Schmetzer has multiple wins. So if you take those 25 – you might only be looking at, you know, 12, 13 coaches or probably more like 15, but still, you know, so if we're looking for a new coach, that's a whole other angle to think about because it's a certain style that's played here. You know, it's a trip. It's a weird league, you know, compared to a lot of other leagues, how they're ran. And so it's kind of a niche. You have to understand it to really win it. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I definitely feel like someone that has MLS experience, and I want to get uh, Chris, he says, maybe laugh aloud accountability mm-hmm. uh, for those listening. Um, yeah, no, look, I, I, if they do decide to go another way, I do, I do feel someone that has MLS experience. Um, I don't think you need to go all the way to Europe or anything like that or South America. I think, uh, MLS experience is, uh, uh, is very valuable. Um, um, Katie, um, what would you like to see next season? 
uh, outside of Bob Rally, Carlos Vela, and all everything we talked about, what, what would you like to see next season? I would like to see our uh, midfield and forwards finish the balls that are right in front of the goal. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> we've true. lost how many points just from that? I mean, every single game, and this is a small point because there's so many points to all these games, but how many how many balls can you not make when it's sitting two feet in front of the goal and the goalie's not even there? And like it hits the pole or they shoot it 20 million times higher than the I'm just like, what? Yeah. So those things Finishing. are a big thing. Yeah. Um and um, you know, I want to see the front office communicate more with people. I mm. want to see them get, I don't know if that will happen, that's fine. Um, I want to see more vets on the team. I want to see good, solid seven individuals that make up this roster that are going to start every single game. And we can have a, we need to build up our bench and um, have good players go in for those great players if we need to. Um, I'd like to see the same 11 on the field for more than two games. I would like to see a goalie that we can count on and that isn't going to be changed out halfway through or a third way through. There's so many things that I'd like to see for this team. They're the, I just love them so much. I want everything good for them. And there's so many great people and uh, they're, they're good players. We just need someone to wrangle them all up and we need to make some changes. Yeah. Yep. No, fair point. Uh, right here. Uh, Chris says, what do you guys think about Mario? Uh, to me, uh, he, he's just not good enough. He's not an elite center back in this league. Um, uh, ever since Walker Zimmerman, I don't, I don't want to open that can of worms, but um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mario, to me, um, I'm pretty sure he's a great guy. Um, but you know, I know he's Andy's boy, uh, and Andy yeah. Dio's a big friend, a big friend of the, uh, of the you know, uh, of the show. But Mario um, is not good. He's not a, he's not an elite center back in this league for all the all the all the mistakes he's had and you know these different things. Uh, to me, he either he you need to get another starter or something like that. But it, it's just been. It's just been too too many uh, mistakes, and he says, "Lemo, real." <laughs> My bad. I thought he was your boy, Andy. I thought he was your boy. Uh, JP, I heard, his, you, I heard his team in Colombia needs a needs a center back, a captain yeah. center back. At they can go back. To back. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, just him getting the captain's armband pissed me off a lot. I, that that was a Latif's armband. That was Latif's mm-hmm. armband. Latif has been mm-hmm. here since day one. Yeah. He puts his guard out every game. Yeah. Uh, and he, he causes mistakes while being the captain. You know, leaders can't do that. Captain Mario, I told I told you, I told the child, I was like, Captain Mario is going to be a failed experiment. I want him out. You know, like you said, um, I mean, my starters would be Segura and Fall next next season. You know, yeah. I think Ibiaga did a better job than Mario. And we got Ibiaga on the fly for 250K. And, and you know, obviously Ibiaga wasn't, you know, Ramos or anything, but he did he filled in and did a way better job, you know, more bang for your buck. Than, than Mario has done so far. So, uh, yeah, Mario can go back to Colombia or somewhere else. I, I'm okay with it, that. Yeah, I, I, Eric or Katie, you like, guys, you, you like to add anything? I'm Mario. I don't know if you, um, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I Mario's not a good value. He's 400000 a year. He mm-hmm. does not play like a 400000 a year center back. It, Ibiaga, I think we got him for two fifty, and I think he only gets paid one hundred and fifty k a year, right? Something like that? Something like that. Um, so right right there, I mean, you could buy, you know, it's like two and a half Ibiagas for a Mario. It's, it, you know, it's way <laughs> more defense right there. Like, <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it, it's definitely an interesting thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you definitely do, do do got Eddie. Uh, Eddie hopefully, he comes back from I think believes his knee injury. Um, but I'm with you, Katie. I think uh, the front office could be a little bit more upfront about certain things. Obviously, just certain things, and I think they're 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 also learning how to communicate. But I just don't think everything needs to be so secretive. I just I just don't believe that. I think you can have more of a communication uh what's your fan base on certain things and you know letting things know but if that's how LAFC wants to roll that's how they're gonna roll um unfortunately and that's that's what I've seen from them but look every team is different every organization is different but I think this is a time to really connect with just your, not just the 3252 which I'm a, I know they have a great relationship but not all LAFC fans are in the 3252 yeah they you know what I'm saying like I understand the 3252 is why everybody comes and experience it but not Every there's not there's not just three thousand two hundred fifty two seats at the stadium. Right. There's there's what so how many seventeen other seventeen thousand other seats around the stadium. And I think if you're not communicating with everybody else, you're really neglecting the rest of the fan base. And you know, and I think I think they could definitely do. Uh, you know, Chris says thank you. I think I think they they could definitely do a better better job with that. And I and I've said that I'm not, I'm not shy to say that. Um, and I know with, with LAFC, there's you know they have they they there's a way that they want to do about things and stuff, and that's totally fine. But look, so you want to find out the truth? Go to Twitter. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. But you know, it might you might not get it the way you like it, but it's brutal. <laughs> but it is honest, and that's honestly that's why I have you guys on here. You guys may uh, agree or disagree with me. I don't take it personal. I, I never do, because um, uh, I can clap back too. You know, I can <laughs> yeah. clap a bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I can definitely. We're just back, here to keep it, people honest. That's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but um, yeah, to me is is just you have an opportunity to do it, and you're missing the opportunity. I just feel like the fumble in the bag with that, and they they may not care, but that's that's just you know, the way I see it. Yeah, and we we've talked about this like one on one before, like you know as. MLS is trying to grow to be a bigger sport than it is, which it deserves to be. Soccer is such a fun sport to watch. It doesn't deserve to be the fifth or the sixth most popular sport in the U.S. Absolutely not, you know, and that's what we're all here trying, trying, to, trying to help it get bigger. And part of that is just kind of like evolving and creating more of a nice ecosystem for us fans and everything, everything like that, you know, and that's one thing NFL has done really well is it's created a big ecosystem. Aside from the games, there's a whole other massive industry around it, around the information, even around salaries and contracts that kind of just perpetuates interest and just helps snowball and makes it bigger. And I think MLS keeping a lot of this stuff too close to the chest really hurts the growth more than more than it like makes anybody seem more respectable. Yeah, hey man, trust me. I've, you know, I covered other other leagues and I and I see the the, the big difference. But you know, we're not there yet. But unfortunately. You know, this, this is why shows like this exist, you know. Um, you know, I'm not shy to have you guys on. I'm not shy to, to voice my opinion and, you know, put people on like JP. Um, and, you know, obviously, I know Katie and Eric, this is your guys' first time on here. Yeah. I know, well, I didn't know. I mean, I know I see you on Twitter, Eric, so I could kind of tell your perspective. <laughs> I was yeah. things, but Katie, you know, uh, I know you've been a fan of the show, so it's always great to, to connect to people that listen to the show, watch I the show. I love it. And, uh, and I'd love to have you guys back. Um, anything you guys like to add before we, we wrap things up? Uh, uh, JP, anything you like to add? I just want to thank you, um, you know, for publicly in, in front of people or whatever. You know, just want to thank you for putting me on, like you said. Um, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. Wouldn't have the season I had if it weren't for you. So, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you. 
um, publicly met, met, you know, met you, met Andy, met the voices, met Eric, you know, all these people was able to write, never thought I was going to write. I hate writing, but you know, when it comes to these things, I like it. So, um, obviously going to try to grow with the hub with, with everything myself. So I just want to thank you publicly. Um, I'm done with the season. I'm, I'm crying, done season. So I got to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with the season because it was just, it just, it was just terrible. But, um, and he says, Calindo. I mean, he says, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, preseason is in January. So, what we got a month, and before we know it, we're going to be talking about LAFC again. So, it was great, and I can't wait for the next season. Yeah, no, uh, well, I appreciate it, uh, JP. You know, it's, it's been it's been great working with you and you know, helping you along the way. Uh, Eric, uh, any last words you'd like to say? Yeah, yeah, you know, the the biggest bright spot for me this year has been the the voices of black and gold, which yeah, is how we them. all met. We started shout doing our mon- our Monday show oh, and it was kind awesome. of a Yeah, it was a whole big group of fans led by LAFC Hawaii and you know there's I I could name 20 people right now that are on that show every week and we've kind of became a support group for suffering LAFC fans to really talk about what we want to see, you know, because we love the team so much and, and we all get frustrated and we kind of didn't have a place to vent. So we kind of started venting to each other and realized that we were all venting the same things. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's been such a great group to be a part of, you know, we just talk to each other, we have different opinions and we, we just talk it out. You know, if you're gonna have a different opinion, stand up for it and defend it. And everybody, everybody respects everybody for that, for like, you know, standing up for what they believe in. And uh, it's, it, it's just been, it's been so much fun, you know, and it's been the big bright spot of this year. It's our worst year has almost been my favorite year to be a fan because of <laughs> all, of you, all of you here and the whole group of people. Awesome. It's, it's been great. And so I, I can't wait for next year. And, that's and that's awesome. What, well, let's hope for LAC is. to have another terrible year then, I guess. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> Obviously kidding. Obviously kidding. No, but look, I – I definitely, I definitely appreciate uh, Hawaii and Celso for the job they've done with the, with the voices of Black and Gold. You guys are amazing. Uh, Katie, yeah. any any last words? Um, just thank you. you. You guys have given me the most great content to um, just gel on every single week. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do without you guys, actually. Um, I am nervous about the next two and a half months because of mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll have to hang out with my kids, but, um, (laughs) I gotta be a mom all of a sudden, (laughs) dang it. (laughs) But I, I mean, honestly, I, I think you guys are awesome. Thank you for having me on today, but also for LAFC, I just think that they're gonna, I think this year they're going to get better. I think they're going to get stronger and I think they're going to make the necessary changes and I'm really looking forward to next year. And, um, you know, I, I think this has been a crap year but i mean it will get better it is yeah. it's gonna get better so i guess uh vince says it's a 2.0 year ahead so we'll see how it goes right but thank <laughs> you Gio. yeah no look uh no thank you guys for being on um yeah no i really appreciate you guys uh i'm probably gonna take a couple of weeks on i may hop on twitter spaces may do something on twitter spaces that way uh it's easier for me to c- communicate with you so i may i may definitely take a week a couple of weeks off i may not i don't know I've, i'm still deciding on that um, but yeah, if I get any any news and information about player movements or coaching decisions, I'll definitely share with share that with you guys on Twitter, um, and definitely hop on here. So yeah, thank thank you to everybody uh, in the chat, everybody that was able to be a part of the show this season. I know it was a roller coaster of a season. It was it was it was up and down, um, but look, I, I appreciate it. You know, we're building a little community here. You know, where people can come on, hop on. Um, you know, if you'd like to be on the show, definitely DM me. Send me a DM on uh, Instagram or Twitter. And we try to make that happen. So for Katie, Eric, 
uh, JP. This is Jill. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.